0: Curtis, uh, sound off. Are you in Cleburne proper? Have you made it into Fort Worth? I mean, what have you done as you kind of prepare your mind and heart for for this game two tonight as Maypearl and West get it on?
1: Uh, I hung out in Cleburne
0: today. Uh, my
1: bosses were nice enough because uh our station's so far south it's almost two hours from the station late at night and then you combine it with having to do it two days in a row and i live a little bit south of the station so uh my bosses were kind enough to put me up last night here in town and i'm familiar with Cleburne; my family has spent a lot of time here in the uh, in the home of the yellow jackets and the uh, the birthplace of your your friend and colleague ward whites and so uh it's a uh, it's a fun little town if you know where to go, and so uh, yeah. it's been. A, there's been a lot of changes since the last time I was up here. Like there was not a pro baseball team in Cleburne the last time that I was up here with my family, and now there is. And so I went to go see the ballpark. Noticed that there was a, a youth tournament, and uh, now I'm <laughs> headed over to uh, do my job and uh cover west and may pearl game two tonight which uh should be a really good game especially with kate Bing on the mound now for uh for west
0: all right and uh, what's what how's ward treated there is it like the the town's favorite son coming home have you noticed do people kind of crowd around the broadcast i would i would wonder if he could even you know focus with that many people kind of welcoming him back to town
1: um, you know, Ward, he likes to sneak in when no one's there. And, uh, I, I pulled in yesterday to finish my sports cast at like 4:30. 10 minutes later, Ward comes in. He's the second car in the parking lot. He said, uh, I rolled down the window and, and said hi. And then, uh, he walked into the, into the, uh, stadium, into the ballpark, there at Cleburne high school before anybody got there, including the teams. So I think he just likes to lay low, man.
0: Well, I hope uh, I don't know if you guys have uh, met Coco. Uh, Coco sometimes travels with him. He probably couldn't have Coco at the ball game, but uh, wow, what a what a great uh, what a great dog that is! One of the great German Shepherds in Central Texas. Now, what about that game, Curtis? Um, the uh, I mean, no hitter. Uh, no hitter, and on the on the on the west side, pretty. I mean, you know, worked in and out of trouble. Uh, only gives up two runs. I think there were five walks mixed in there. Now, the no-hitter, I believe, included eight strikeouts. Uh, so, obviously, the May Pearl pitcher had some dominant stuff. You generally, in the Waco uh, Trib, do not want to put the opposing team's name in a big headline. You don't want to have, like, a, a player who, of course, nobody from Central Texas is familiar with. That's not a good sign. But I noticed they did that because the young man threw a no hitter. Take us through it a little bit. Was it just one of those deals where the stuff was just too nasty, and and West could never really get a bead on it?
1: Um, I think it was a combination of he had some really nasty stuff. That's, I mean, that you don't throw a no hitter without some uh, without some stuff on the on your pitches there. But also, like he. West had base runners at one point. They had two on with one out because of walks and hit by pitches and stuff like that. And so uh, they still had chances there. Um, it was just, I mean, last night was a, what was a, was a pitcher's night, even the West starter uh, Landon Campbell. I think he only allowed like three, four, maybe five hits. So like, if you, if you tell me that you're going to throw, you're going to allow only a couple of hits and somehow lose that game, like, I think at some point you just tip your cap at, after that. Um, Tanner Terry, the May Pearl pitcher, he, he had good stuff. Um, but, you know, his control was a little high school-ish, which is fine. That's what these guys are. They're high school baseball players. And so, um, but a lot of it to me was just that every time West was able to get a bat on a ball, it was either foul or right at somebody. Um, and, you know, Maypearl just got a couple of weird hits that wound up bringing in runs. Um, you know, they poked they Texas League, uh, they hit a Texas Leaguer into center field, and that's, a, that's a, an RBI. And then they popped one up that nobody, at least uh, that was shooting the game near where I was, could see. Next thing we know, because we all think it's foul coming off the bat and then the next thing we know, everybody's moving over toward, you know, the alley in left center field. And it's like, oh, this thing's not only not foul, this is going to score a run. And so sometimes the baseball gods just have a funny way of operating. And I think last night was one of those nights for West. Um, We'll see what happens tonight. You know, Kate Bing, I think, you know, if he started the year healthy, he might have been the guy last night, but he, he wasn't the number one, uh, the number one guy, out of the uh, pitching rotation at the start of the season because of an injury um, that he was recovering from, worked his way to full health. And I mean, I've seen him twice this playoff run already, and he's been electric against Troy and against Lorena, and those are as good as Maypearl is to me, at least. And so um, I'm hard, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who's seen West this season that does not think uh, there's going to be a game three tomorrow.
0: Ooh, I like it. I like the confidence. Curtis Quillin joining us, chilling with Quillin on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. China Spring, back in the state semifinal. That's a uh, that's a great story with uh, Coach Corey Beckham uh, going back there. Obviously, we were just talking about West. He was a great. He had a great run there at West, and now back at the Cougars with the Cougars where he pitched and. Uh, uh, and helped lead them into a state title back in the late 80s. Uh, very uh, cool story there. And this is a team, and this is a school, uh, Curtis, that just keeps re- – I mean, whether it be football, uh, baseball, whatever, they just keep getting it done. And uh, I know that community has to be extremely pleased to be back in the state semifinal.
1: Well, you think about it, in, 2020, in the 2020-2021 school year, they were in the regional final in, in football. And then that same school year, their baseball team goes to what? The regional semis, which is the fourth round. Uh, they were so close to getting to state. And then last year, state semifinal, uh, while winning a state championship in football. This year, they've won a state championship in football, and they're back at state in baseball. And so the just the guys that they have there, especially on the boys' side and athletics, uh, this is just a special group of kids that they have. Nicole Sheeran was at that game for us at, at Channel 6 uh, last night at, at Baylor Ballpark, and I was there Wednesday night. Um This China spring team is, I mean, it it never gets down. Um, You know, they, you could make a very good argument. And I would agree with it that against Carthage for the first 13 and a half innings of the series, Carthage was the better baseball team, but China spring found a way, took advantage of opportunities that it needed to take advantage of. And it got, it got the job done. And, you know, sometimes you don't ask how, you ask how many, and at the end of the day they had more runs and more games uh, than Carthage did. And it was kind of the same thing against Taylor. Taylor starter, Chris Perez comes out there Wednesday night. And now he was throwing just nasty stuff. And it's very clear why he's going to the university of Houston. Um, but then, you know, China spring comes down. It's like, okay, we're past their ace, We have the deeper staff. We have the deeper lineup. Why can't we do it? And they just, you know, Jaden honey was, was the star of the show last night. Um, and this china spring team almost just seems like this senior class doesn't doesn't know how to give up doesn't know how uh doesn't know how to lose so, you know to kind of talking cliches a little bit cliches become cliches for a reason and this china spring team's electric and Corey beckham you mentioned it the, he's a china spring alum he's a wildly successful high school coach he had you know the back-to-back state championships is the head coach at west the uh, he he developed a guy who's now pitching in the minors out out at West High School, and then uh, he goes to Lake belt and does a stand-up job opening that school and establishing that program in the first two years, and then he goes home to China Spring, uh, you know, right on the cusp r- right on the cusp of Jesse Lopez taking the the Cougars mm-hmm. to the state tournament and then leaving, and then he he's got them right back there at the dish, and so. I think it's remarkable the job uh, that he's done in year one at his alma mater. And I think that if I, – I I don't know that anybody's talking enough about how hard it is to do what this group at China Spring has done in the past three school years.
0: Well, I mean, we can do it. We can talk about it. And that team you talked sure. about them playing, Carthage in China Spring – are, are two titans in that classification, and it's really cool to see at all these different levels, all these different sports, you know, how much uh, how, how much success they are having. Uh, in Baylor news yesterday, the Bears, after kind of reeling a little bit in the portal and losing L.J. Cryer and then having Flagler decide to stay in the draft, they land Ray J. Dennis, and um, uh, he's out of Toledo by way of – uh Boise State and he's a fun player he he was the Mac player of the year last year I mean this is an exciting guy the uh, Bears have landed I, th- I find it interesting but the men and women have now brought in star players from the Mac and um I just feel like they have righted the ship so to speak and now with Ray J Dennis the two freshman guards that are making their way in um and and the guy from VCU, and then of course Langston Love coming back. I, I just think um, it, it is amazing how quickly this portal can make you feel di- uh, you know different, uh, uh, differently about a, a roster. And Curtis, I think the Bears are feeling a lot better about their situation today.
1: I think they really are. You know, the Adam Flagler thing to me, what it what it told me is that when he went and went through the pre-draft process, they basically told him they don't think that another year of college would raise his draft stock that they just thought maybe it would um, risk injury. And so if your draft stock is at a point and it's not going to get above that point, then yeah, roll the dice, take that chance. And so I understand that. And uh, it's, so I get how frustrating that is as a Baylor fan, but I mean, you got it, it's his decision to make. And so you look at your other options, Ray J Dennis is as good of a recovery from that as you can get the most surprising change at guard for Baylor this offseason to me was uh, LJ Cryer to Houston. Um, I thought with Flagler, you know, Flagler made it very clear on the night of that Creighton loss in Denver, I'm going to the league. And Uh, I, you know, to me that says LJ crier's role, which has just expanded exponentially all this season is going to expand again. Um, and I, he went and, uh, he transferred to Houston. And then you factor in that, you know, one of your defensive guards off the bench, who was a D two transfer for you built up so much stock at, at Baylor that now he's going to another power conference team, another power 16 with, uh, with Dale Bonner going to Ohio state. And so a lot of weird changes there in Waco this season, but I don't think Flagler was one of them that said, Ray J. Dennis, you know, a guy that I went to college with at Oklahoma state, uh, is, uh, is a sports reporter at the Tecna station, our sister station there in Toledo. And I asked him about him. He said, dude, he's, he's electric. And, I, when I when I asked, like, hey, do you guys have any video of him, he just laughed at me and said, Curtis, we have plenty of video of him. Um, he, he's, he's, he's great with the rock in his hands, and so he can make things happen, um, and that's kind of what Baylor needs is a guy out of the portal who can make things happen. Jeff Goodman at ESPN labeled Ray J. Dennis as the best available guard in the portal. Jaden Nunn was very high on that list as well, and he's a Baylor Bear moving forward as well. And so uh, as good of a recovery uh, as you could possibly have asked for out of the portal for Scott Drew, um, you know, you don't replace the experience that you're losing with, with Adam Flagler going uh, to the league, but you can get, you know, skill and talent that's comparable. Um, and that's what I think they got with Dennis and Nunn. Um And then the high school recruiting speaks for itself. When you look at what the bears have coming in next year, uh, that's, I think I think the Bears lineup is going to be fine. Um, and if anything, with the caliber of guards that they got out of the portal, it might start off a little bit faster and more in rhythm just because there's a little bit more experience in that lineup uh, to start the season than there was this past season because mm-hmm. you don't have a guy who's going to be in the starting lineup who spent most of the back half of the year um, on the bench with an injury.
0: By the way, um we're getting um, uh, reports from earlier today. And you know, I I I don't I think Baylor's not finished either, Curtis. I, I was told that I, yesterday. I yeah, it, and there may be something else out there. I, I we got to keep our eye on what that North Dakota state kid does. Uh and of course if you don't watch the portal constantly, you'll miss it. But that Grant Nelson interests me greatly because he's a 6'10 guy with um He's he you know, they, they they tried to have that guy. Love Day just never whatever reason developed into anything they could really use. This six right. ten guy is a is a passer, passing threat, shooting, uh has moves, actually uh uh you know, has a pretty decent handle for a guy that size. So he's he is a true power forward, can also play center, but you can stick him at the four. So that's something just to look. Um Brett Yormark saying just a little while ago, Curtis, that we have a plan, and as I've said all along, we have an appetite to be a national conference in our makeup from coast to coast, and we do believe in the upside of basketball moving forward as a collective group. That being said, we love our current composition, love the four new schools that are coming in next month. However, if the opportunity presents itself to create value, We will pursue it. So the biggest thing to come out is, uh, uh, and also the guy from Texas Tech, who's either the chancellor or the president out there, that um, Chauvinek, you've seen his name before. He's the president, Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, president. He said, quote, I've never seen greater unanimity, uh, unanimity, I should say, among the board i get the same sense from the ad's all right so um I, curtis i just wanted to share that with you because not all news gets to cleburne even with your great <laughs> you know all following all the accounts that you follow and i just wanted to make sure you uh you knew all what was happening it'll be interesting curtis to see because there's been a lot of smoke around this colorado thing and it's not just kind of the Dennis Dodd, who I like Dennis, but Dennis has really stepped into the role of kind of the, you know, he's the the mouthpiece of the Big Twelve, and that's okay. You really you know? have, know, yeah, that's fine. I, I, I but but, you but it's so good for you can get them. <laughs> I yeah, I know. I believe me, I've been there. Uh, you just don't want to. Uh, yeah, you don't want to get so close that it's kind of like uh, this guy's just uh he's sh- you know he's a shill for the deal. Now, um, right. now I don't mind doing that for my alma mater a little bit. <laughs>
1: uh, <But. laughs> the thing—the thing of the thing all this Big Twelve news that sticks out to me is the smoke that we've seen this week, the reports that we've seen come out this week. Oh, the Big Twelve is in talks with Colorado. The Big Twelve is in talks with UConn. And then uh, I saw someone report that it was incredible. It was not a credible report uh, that you know Colorado back to the Big Twelve is all but done. That completely runs counter to what Colorado officials said on and off the record when with reporters at the spring game when they went to Boulder for that. And so none of that matches up with what you are Mark said today. Well, to me, you know, we, we see our value as a coast-to-coast conference and we see basketball as a high-value way to, yeah. you know, increase our, our conference value. Okay. Well, what's the one time zone the Big 12 conference is not in right now? It's the Pacific. Mm-hmm. They have BYU. They, I mean, what eight, nine schools in the in the Central time zone? They have three now in the in the Eastern time zone with UCF, Cincinnati, and West Virginia. So we're looking at schools out on the West Coast. Well, when he says what when he says that, that brings two schools to the the front of my mind and that's san diego state and gonzaga now that's me speculating i want to be as clear about that as i can possibly be that said i think you know san diego state is a very valuable target right now and if the big 12 were to get san diego state in expansion and in conference realignment then you start talking about Is this the end of the Pac-12 as we know it? Not the conference as a whole, but as we know it, as an autonomy conference in uh, the NCAA governance uh, way of doing things. That is – but then, you know, you bring Gonzaga in, and from a basketball perspective, you go from being the – you know, you, you become the SEC. You go from being the best conference in the sport to being far and away the best conference in the yeah. year, and um, well, now I mean I... <laughs> I'm curious to see what happens with all of this, but seeing the smoke around Yukon and Colorado, it just doesn't match up with what your mark said today, at least not to me.
0: Okay, interesting, because I, I would say the only reason to go after San Diego State right now is just to screw with the Pac-12, uh, because oh, that that has that. yeah that has been uh, a constant thing on their mind is getting that. Really good basketball school and a pretty good football program, by the way. All right, um, it is uh, it is chilling with Quillin. Curtis will look forward to your coverage of tonight's West Maypearl game. Bring us a win and then stay another night. Just stay right there, man. We don't, we don't, you know. Just stay in Cleburne. That's a beautiful place to spend a weekend. And we'll talk to you soon, sir.
1: We'll talk to you soon if West wins tonight. Nicole Sheeran has you covered with West Maypearl Game Three. Uh, tomorrow on Channel Six uh weekend edition. Talk okay. to you later Matt.
0: Okay. All right. There there he goes. He, Aaron he needed to let us know that he was checking out of this series. He's he's he likes Cleburn, but he doesn't need a third day. Does not need a third day in Cleburne. Nicole <laughs> Sheeran will be moving in to take over. That's Curtis Quillin. Chilling with Quillin. And uh now it's time. Let's see what Aaron has on his mind. And a reminder um, at 520 today, special guest Scott Drew, head coach of the Bears, returns to the Mosley Show, his favorite show, and uh, he'll bring us up to date on all these Baylor things that are happening with Baylor men's basketball. That's at 520. Next, though, we do some campus confidential. ESPN Central Texas is your home of the Texas Rangers.